It's good to see you here this afternoon, and if you would, turn to Romans the 12th chapter. Romans the 12th chapter, we'll be looking in verse 3 here in a moment. Richard, adding a degree of difficulty. We'll see what we can do because I'm going to turn it around and put it back on you with this lesson. All of you. Because what I want to talk a little bit about today is something that I know I need to do better at, and I try. Uh, we all fail in some way, and we just got to get back and keep going. And so I want to talk about finding our function in the body. And so, obviously, when we talk about a body, we can think of our own body. When we came to services this morning and this afternoon, did you leave your hand back at the house if you're all one solid piece and not, you know, separate appendage that you could leave? All the parts of the body come with you, which means that the body has to work together as one. So uh, I think of when uh, I was watching last night, you may have seen Tim Farmer's Country Kitchen on PBS. Tim Farmer uh, beforehand was the host of the Kentucky Field Show. And the one thing that is noticeable about him is uh, he was in the military and riding a motorcycle between leave, I think, either to or from being on leave. And he was in a motorcycle wreck and damaged his right arm to the point that he can't use it anymore. So now he's having to do everything left-handed. He hunts, fishes, shoots a bow and arrow, all left-handed using his teeth. And so he had to, and, and we'll come into this a little bit more, think about the fact that what he used to use with two hands, now he's having to put all that burden on one hand. And so when we, as a body of Christ, each one of us has a function. And when one of us is not doing a function, we're just kind of set back and idle like Tim Farmer's arm because it is unable to function properly then there's double the work that that hand has to do. And the same can go for us as Christians. When we as a body of Christ are working together as one, we can separate and spread out the work. Uh, and so that's what I want us to think about. But we need to look at that because everybody will say, and my, I use this a lot here recently, is Dad always said when I was little, and I've used it before, I can't do this. I can't do that. And dad's first response to me as a kid is can't never could do a thing. Get your butt out there and go do it. And so that was, you know, what had to be done. And so let's look at Romans chapter 12 and in verse 3 and it says, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let, let us use them. So he didn't say, you know, just you know, pick and choose. It's let us use them. That means everyone, no matter what your ability let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, 
He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And so in our text here, we find Paul expressing several principles concerning the church. Christians are one body in Christ. And as one body, we are individually members of one another. As I just got through saying, we all are individual members of the body of Christ. And so therefore, we don't all have the same function. Just as our hands function differently than our feet, our eyes differently than our ears, our nose different than our mouth, but they all work together for the body. And so that means that we should serve in whatever function God has given us the ability to serve in. You know, the last two principles often cause one to ask, what is my function in the body of Christ? How do I even determine what function or functions that I have? Well, if we think about it, think about how we look for or have are in the process of or are doing our job. How do we come about with the job that we had or have? Well, we look at what? What we have the ability to do, what your interests are, all the things that it takes whenever you go for a job interview. You determine one's aptitude and vocation direction based upon on that, such as what functions in our case, when we're talking spiritual, what are our functions you know, might be in the body of Christ? And so when we contemplate career choices, first thing we got to do is acquaint ourselves with a job description. You know, I'm going to apply for, you know, every kid at some point, I think, in their lives, at least I know my brother, he wanted to be a fire truck, not the fireman. <laughs> and we tried to explain, you want to be the fireman. No, I want to be a fire truck. And finally he figured out that, you know, fireman. But we all want to be something, not knowing what that job added, you know, is going to require. The vet takes a lot more work than you think it does. You might like animals. There's a whole lot more to it than that. Being a police officer, there's a whole lot more to it than just riding around and, and whatever you want to think stereotypically of a police officer. And I'll stop there. So there's a lot more to it than what we think there is. And we got to acquaint ourselves with those job descriptions. And no different than then what is it in, as my role as a Christian? What can I do? Maybe one thing, maybe multiple things. And so let's examine these functions. And the first thing we, uh, that was mentioned here was prophecy. Now the Greek word uh, prophetia is defined as the speaking forth of the mind counsel of God. That's from vines. And originally this referred to the gift of the Spirit by which one was inspired to reveal God's truth. So it was re direct inspiration. And today, I guess the most akin to prophecy is preaching because it's one who proclaims the counsel of God is already revealed. We've already got it revealed to us. And so we're proclaiming that. We're studying with you. We are working, those of us that stand up here for sure, have hopefully taken the time to delve into the Word, to write something down, to think about it, and try to teach you from the Word of God what, what is being spoken and so we are proclaiming the counsel of God is already revealed. We're expounding upon the Word of God and not through direct inspiration. So maybe preaching today is, a, is, is the closest uh, you know, to being akin to prophecy. Well, what about ministry? You know, the Greek word diakonia, diakonia uh, means to serve. It is often used to describe any sort of service. If we look in 2 Timothy 4 and in verse 5, you know, the service offered by Timothy here was, is, is be, but you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry, fulfill your service. Do the work to serve. We have service offered by Phoebe in Romans 16 and in verse 1. 
Romans 16.1 says, I commend you to Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church of Centria, that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever business she has need of you. For indeed, she has been a helper of many and of myself also. So Phoebe was doing some ministering, serving, whatever that role was, she was serving the church in some capacity. And then if we want to jump into a more official capacity, then we got diakonos, deacons, you know, and they're, they are ministering. They are serving. Uh, they have to be qualified. There are certain qualifications and then an appointment. Just not anybody can walk in and say, I'm a deacon. You know, if you don't meet the, the standard that the Bible puts forth, you're not a deacon. And so we've got to understand that. There's also teaching or instructing. And this involves, you know, instructing others of the Word of God. And, you know, there are variations of this function. We have private teaching. We can look in Acts chapter 18 and in verse 26 this is an example. Acts 18, 26 says, So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. You've got, you know, they didn't just do it out and open. They, they took him to the side and, and explained things. Another way of, of instructing is the older women in uh, Titus 2 and in verse 4, teaching the younger women that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children. There was some teaching, the older to the younger. And then, of course, we have teaching in a more formal sense. And James chapter 3 says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. So there's a formal sense of teaching and instructing. So that's what we are, or what is being referred to here in, in, in instructing. Then we have exhorting, building up of one another. You know, the ability to build up and strengthen others. And that is very important. We always need to be built up, strengthened, encouraged. You know, some may do this publicly, preachers and teachers. Barnabas is an example in the Bible and, and many others. Others may be um, more adept to it uh, in a more private, one-on-one, -on -one, daily function. Maybe not necessarily in the front or in a, a teaching setting to encourage. I mean, the lesson is to encourage us. It's to build us up. It's to edify us. It's, it's to bring us closer to God. And there are ways that we can do that. And we want to be able to do that. Hebrews 3 and in verse 12 tells us about being, you know, exhorted, you know, uplifted. Uh, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So we've got to be lifted up. It's not just today and, and Wednesday nights. It's Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday as well. And so we need to encourage and, and help one another. There's giving or sharing. Some people find themselves abundantly blessed, and it's not necessarily financially. Financially is the first thing that a lot of people think of, but there are folks that, and I, I and think of folks here in this congregation that, that they give of their time, the whole works. I mean, you know, it's, it's just the way that people interact with one another. They give of themselves, and a simple hug even though I'm not the big hugger there, Nellie, sometimes Nellie's brought me around. Uh, you know, it's, it's stuff like that, 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 you know, people give of themselves. And people need to understand that some people find themselves abundantly blessed. They may not know it, 
and yes, we, we know what our bank account looks like. That's another type of, of blessing that we can give of as well. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8 says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, verse 9, He has dispersed abroad, He has given to the poor, His righteousness endures forever. Now may He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for the food supply and multiply the seed that you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which you are enriched in everything for liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. So we got that perfect word there with the time that we've just dealt with on thanksgiving, thinking about all the things that we've had. You know, John mentioned... Uh, Stuff related to the um, con, you know discontentment, I guess, contentment of the heart, and you know we joke about it, but we got to work at being content in what we do. Also, being discon, you know, what is it? Not discontent, trying to keep moving forward. We can't just get uh, stagnant in in the things that we do. We got to be um, happy with what we're doing, but always looking to do more. And so with this giving, it's, it's, it's within their ability you know, and responsibility, each one of us, to give and bless others. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and in verse 17. 1 Timothy 6, 17 says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good, that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. So yes, you know, we need to be giving in all aspects in some way, shape, or form. And then leading. Now, this likely is referring to the work of elders, the pastors, overseers, whatever you're going to say. Um, because if we look in Acts chapter 20 and in verse 17, it says, From Miletus... He sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church, the leaders of the church, the ones that are uh, over the flock. Verse 28 says, Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which He purchased with His own blood. 1 Peter 5 and in verse 1, 1 Peter 5 and in verse 1 says, The elders who are among you I exhort, I who am a fellow elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. They have the responsibility of watching out for our souls. And so if, uh, if we take that leading in a different direction, away from, you know, not talking about just elders, but any of us that stand in a leadership role we better be doing it in the right way. We need to be doing, when it comes to the Word of God, is we are watching out for one another, watching out for souls. But as, as an elder, they must, of course, meet certain specifications. As an example, uh, we can read in 1 Timothy 3 and in verse 1, talking about elders, it says, This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, elder, or overseer, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, 
not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Verse 6, not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride he fall into the same uh, condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. So the elders, it's not just a little, you know, checkoff list. There's a whole lot more to it than, than that. Yes, you've got to check off the things in the list, but it takes a lifestyle to meet that. In Titus 1 and in verse 5 also, if you want to read that, uh, says basically the same thing. We've got to uh, be also showing mercy, being loving. Matthew 25 and 35 perhaps, you know, is the best illustrated here because it says, Matthew 25, 35, For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And so showing mercy can't involve visiting the sick, those that are dying, you know, those that are bereaved, ministering to those that are in prison, all that. But, uh, you know, obviously Paul didn't get into an exhaustive list. Just I think some people also want to look for this exhaustive list of things well, it didn't say this. It didn't say I can't do that. Well, I think with the big, big picture, we can figure out what can and cannot be done. It's kind of like all the things that, that are, uh, you know, no uh, revelers and all this. And guess what? Liars fall into that big list of murders and whatnot. Well, liars is what we consider small. But there's whole lots of different things that can be added to that. So we can't just say that, well, he didn't list so-and-so. But we can understand then the options of services available. We can understand what these functions of the, body of, the Christ, of the body of Christ are. And so that means then that once we know what Paul is, is mentioning here, now we can start saying, how does this affect me? What is it that I can do? What is it that I am able to do? We can explore the opportunities. We can take advantage of learning opportunities. I'm sure Kyle has as the evangelist here, that there's training programs offered for teaching and preaching and all that that we could be involved in, probably online, uh, you know, whatever course you want to mail in, dial in, uh, Skype in, video in, courses, meet at the Jay's place, whatever it takes. There are ways to, uh, in, uh, to take these advantage of these opportunities. Experienced brethren, going with them, seeing how they do that learn from them just as in my job uh, seeing how others of, of what I do do and pick up from there the one thing that for me because of the public speaking aspect of things there was his name was Craig Regalberge and I can't it's a long last name but he was one of those he was a lobbyist for the hort industry horticulture industry and now he's like vice president of, of uh, Hortus or some some other organization but when I went to a Southern Nursery Association, this would be in the mid-90s, 96 or 8. Anyway, spoke. And he was one of those that he basically, and I think I've said this before, he backhanded all the people verbally. And they stood up 
and gave him a round of applause. He was that good at speaking. Is he made you, even though he was slapping you in the face as an industry person or slapping you in the face as a government person because you should be doing this, you should be doing that, they all gave him a round of applause. It was that type of speaking. The one thing that I think is very important that I do very pitifully at is what Joe does. When Joe stands up in front, there's a time for a pause and not speak. And I cannot have that pause because I feel like when I'm up here, every millisecond needs to have some sound. And there's time for an appropriate pause. Learning how that is effective and can be effective. Job shadowing, if you will. Because you, you may, if you don't try it, you'll never know if you're going to be able to do it. Don't ever say, as, as we did as a kid, I can't. Because again, we should respond, can't never could do a thing. Get yourself up and try it out. And trust me, the first time I got up to do something like this, I mean, I needed towels. That was nerves of just, I was shaking, at least on the inside for sure. People didn't notice it, but I felt it. Song leading. The first time I did that, it was at home in front of 10 or 15 people. I've been around my entire life. That was the scariest moment. I could have probably done better at, at U Heights at the time I was attending with 100 and something people than I could those 15 to 20 people. And, this, and the other, the Lord's Supper. I was asked to, you know, I wasn't leading. I was one of the guys, you know, just carrying the, the uh, whatever it was at the time. They asked me, would you want to lead the, the prayer? <laughs> I don't think so. I had to have something written down because there was no way on this earth that I could have just come up with something. But I was asked to do it and at some point pushed into trying it. And that's something that we got to do is we got to try all areas that we can. Be willing to try. There are some things that we can and can't do just because of what the Bible tells. There are some roles that... that some folks can and some folks can't do. But if you are able to, you need to, need to figure it out. That's what Paul is saying is, is we're a body. We all got to work together. We need to try in all areas. And you may find yourself, you have a talent that you didn't even know you had because you kept saying, I can't, without saying, let me give it a try. We're, we're not going to beat you with a stick on the way in or out. Uh, we're going to encourage because we've all been in the first time steps of doing something. So we don't need to be giving up either. I stumbled when I gave a prayer. I missaid a word. I misspoke a verse and didn't catch it. And somebody told me, well, you left the word, you know, out of there and it changed the whole con." I didn't hear that, you know. Don't give up after the first few tries. Failure may be due to an inexperience, not lack of potential. Only with time and effort can we know what's going to be our forte. That may be something I am good at or may not be. But if you don't try, you never know. And so as you explore opportunities, then you can be open to advice. You can be open to counsel from others. And in fact, we ought to be inquiring for advice. That is something that I guess stereotypically men, you know, when we're driving, you know, you see it on the TV shows, I will get there. As Dr. Geneve, one of our, my professors said, he says he's never been lost in his life. He's always just taken an alternative route. 
And so we need to sometimes not be taking that alternative route when it comes to our spiritual. We need to be taking God's route. And so we need to be asking for advice. Let those look at us and give us an objective view. Pride can get in the way. And we don't need to be letting pride get in the way. You know, what did it say in Romans 12 and verse 3? To everyone who is among you, not to think... uh, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Others can see our strengths. Others can see our weaknesses. I build a website for the office and stuff. It works great for my eyes. But then somebody says, where is so-and-so? Oh, it's right here. You know, you show the clicks. Well, can it be here? Because it'd be easier to find. Something as simple as that. So you need that outside view of things. And we need the outside view of someone else that's doing something that has never done it before. It's a whole different perspective. And we need to seek out those mature Christians, such as elders, those that have been around for a while, the older folks that know what's been happening in the past and what's been going on. And so the more diligent one can be to examine the functions of service in the body of Christ, to explore the opportunities to learn and serve in the different functions, and then, of course, inquire for advice from others, you know, the sooner one should be able to discern what is their function in the body of Christ. I mean, nobody's immune. I've seen Ryder and Madden and Faith and all the young folks, Easton, Aaron, Alexa, all of them, interacting with one another, talking. That interaction with other people is what people like to see. I like it. I love to see little kids running around. We've talked about that because that is just an encouragement. So they encourage just as much as the older encouraged. We all work together as one. And so there's no one immune to being part of the body. We can't say, well, I'm too young. I can't do that. Of course, the young one's not going to necessarily say that. But, you know, we, we as the older folks say they're too young. They're not going to be. Then the older folks, well, I've done it forever. Somebody else can take over. And that's fine. The folks in the middle, if you will, we don't need to say, well, so-and-so is still doing it. I'll take it over whenever. Or the young folks, oh, we, not. we all need to work together. And there needs to be a crossover so that we have that growth and understanding. And the challenge becomes one of being diligent in utilizing our function. You know, Paul admonishes his readers in our text, verse 6 of chapter 12, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them and the ones that we've talked about. Peter admonishes his readers in his epistle in 1 Peter 4 and in verse 10, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. And so there is work to do. We have lots of work to do. We can't retire as we can from our secular job. It is a lifelong prospect. The day that you become baptized, and in fact, leading up before becoming a member, there is work to do. And we all have to work together as one. We need to be diligent in doing that. As it says in 1 Peter 4 and verse 11, with the ability God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And so hopefully it's one that is of it's a lesson of encouragement because I find myself saying, well, Kyle's here, Joe's here, Joe can do it, you know. 
we all lean on someone else and we need to actually be leaning on each other and helping one another, stepping in to the roles that we can because we are guiding each other to God, to heaven, life eternal. And so with that, if there's anyone here that, that needs the, you know, the, the help of the congregation, there's something that's lacking in their lives, that's why we come together every Lord's Day, every Wednesday night, all the times that we do is to encourage one another, to edify one another, to lift one another up so that we can have that chance of a home in heaven when we leave this earth. So if there's anyone that needs the help in any way, come forward as we stand and sing.